This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy, or ATTRCM, is a progressive and potentially fatal heart disease. It's often overlooked because physicians tend to consider more common causes of heart failure. We spoke to Pfizer Vice President and North America Medical Lead Eunice Abdul Sattar and Pfizer Chief Medical Officer of Rare Disease Sonal Bhatia about ATTRCM, its disproportionate impact on the Black, African American, and Afro Caribbean communities and steps Pfizer's taking to work with community organizations to raise awareness and improve care for people with the condition. Eunice, Sanal, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. We're going to talk about the rare heart condition, ATTCRM, its disproportionate burden in the African-American community, and Pfizer's efforts to raise awareness about the condition through its Voices of the Heart initiative. So now, perhaps you can begin by explaining what ATTRCM is. Well, thank you. Um, ATTRCM, or transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy, is an underdiagnosed, progressive, and potentially fatal disease of the heart muscle. So ATTRCM is a type of amyloidosis that causes heart failure and cardiomyopathy by the simple buildup of transthyretin amyloid in the heart. And actually, there are two types of ATTR cardiomyopathy. There's the wild type ATTR cardiomyopathy and hereditary ATTR cardiomyopathy. Now, the wild type ATTR cardiomyopathy may be the most common type of ATTRCM and most commonly affects Caucasian men over the age of 60. Whereas hereditary ATTRCM, which is the type most likely to affect the Blacks, African Americans, Afro Caribbean communities, and it is caused by a change or a mutation in the genes that get passed down through relatives. And this Hereditary disease affects both men and women, and the symptoms can show up as early as in their 50 to 60-year-olds. How does the disease manifest itself and progress? Hereditary ATTRCM is a genetic disease that can be passed down through relatives that disproportionately affects Black, African-American, and African uh, Afro-Caribbean communities more than any other groups. A good way to imagine how the disease manifests itself is if you imagine your body as a factory composed of many systems working together to maintain your health. Now, your liver is just one part of that system, but
but it carries out many, many important things that can affect your entire body, including the heart. The liver makes a protein called transthyretin, or TTR for short. And the primary purpose of this protein is to carry specific hormones and vitamins to various places throughout the body. Now, when someone has a TTRCM, the TTR protein becomes unstable and it misfolds. Now, normally the transthyretin protein is shaped like a four-leaf clover. In ATTRCM, the four-leaf clover separates into four individual components. Now, over time, the misfolded proteins aggregate together, forming what is known as amyloid. Now, to me, amyloid is similar to the Twizzler-like shape of a multiple single units combining. So you basically go from, from a four-leaf clover to or, eight, or TTR to individual components or monomers to this Twizzler-like shape of what's known as amyloid. This amyloid can deposit in many parts of the body, and with ATTRCM, that deposit occurs in the heart. This causes the heart muscles to become thick and stiff, eventually uh, leading to only AT, not only ATTRCM, but also heart failure. How difficult is it to diagnose the condition, and, and can it be confused with other types of cardiovascular problems? It can be very difficult to diagnose, especially if you're not aware of the red flags of ATTR cardiomyopathy. In fact, it can take several years and visits to many different doctors before a diagnosis is made. It is often overlooked because when most healthcare practitioners think about the causes of heart failure, the first causes that come to mind are heart attacks and high blood pressure, which are both more common than ATTR cardiomyopathy. Another reason for missing ATTR cardiomyopathy may be that the signs can appear unrelated to heart failure. This is because the amyloid that develops that was mentioned earlier can deposit in places outside of the heart. So the most common symptom is known as bilateral carpal tunnel syndrome or numbness, tingling, or pain in the fingers. And less common symptoms could include eye disorders such as glaucoma, and pain or numbness in the lower back or legs from narrowing of the spine, something called lumbar spinal stenosis. This is a genetic disease and one that disproportionately affects the Black, African-American, and Afro-Caribbean communities. What's known about the prevalence of the condition and how it impacts these communities relative to other populations? So a few things. First, Black, African-American, and Afro-Caribbean communities get heart disease more than any other ethnic and racial groups. Now, according to a 2020 report from the American Heart Association, more than half, about 57 to 60% of Black men and women aged 20 years or older had some form of heart disease from 2013 to 2016. In addition, according to a review published in 2019, African-Americans have a 50% higher chance of getting heart failure compared to the general population. Another way to think about this is that African-Americans are 1.5 times more likely to have heart failure than the general population. Now, as I mentioned earlier, hereditary ATTRCM, which is the type most likely to affect the Black, African-American, and Afro-Caribbean communities, is caused by a change or a mutation in your genes that get passed down through relatives. So this hereditary disease affects both men and women, 
and the symptoms can show up as early as 50 to 60 years of age. Now, a number of different gene changes or mutations can lead to hereditary ATTRCM. Now, the most common mutation that can lead to hereditary ATTRCM in the U.S. is called the V122I mutation. The V122I mutation is found almost entirely in African Americans. About 3 to 4% of African Americans have this mutation. But not everyone who carries the mutation will have the symptoms of hereditary ATTRCM. We don't know specifically uh, what percentage of people with the V122I mutation will end up having uh, symptoms of ATTRCM. But what we do know is that people with this mutation are much more likely to have ATTRCM compared to patients that don't have that mutation. It, it's an interesting problem because when you think of the population that's most at risk of ATTRCM, it's also a population that has greater challenges with access to medical care. There's also a history of distrust in these communities with regards to the medical establishment. How did Pfizer think through these issues in fashioning an approach? So at Pfizer, we recognize the importance of building trust with relationships in the communities. And so to initiate a conversation on the best ways to serve the communities, we actually first need to join discussions with these trusted community organizations to listen to their concerns and needs. And once we do this, we need to stay and build sustainable relationships. This is how we start to build trust. More specifically, for each community event, we're investing in local promotion within the Black community, focusing on Black-owned radio stations to promote each event. We're also partnering with local community leaders, Black medical schools, and health systems to promote these events. Before and during the launch of Voices for the Heart program, we spent a lot of time listening to understand what the healthcare practitioners and the community organizations needed. And this is an ongoing process because each community has different needs and we learn and adapt as we go into a different market. So we may not be able to address every need, but we certainly want to focus on the idea that we hear and see each person and organization. So I'll just mention the Voices of the Heart initiative. What exactly is that initiative and what does it seek to do? You know, I'm really, really excited about uh, this initiative, the Voices for the Heart, uh, because it's a program that is dedicated to raising awareness of ATTRCM across Black, African-American, and Afro-Caribbean communities. And so as part of this program, what we're doing at Pfizer is teaming up with the trusted groups in the community that Sanal alluded to, to focus on two things. One, to explain the warning signs of ATTRCM, and to, two, to help people who might have ATTRCM find ways to talk to their doctor about it. How does it work? Well, that's a great question because as exciting as Voices of the Heart Initiative is, it's how we do it. So we're identifying community organizations across 16 cities in the U.S. to conduct community outreach events. And each event is going to have a local healthcare practitioner, a local moderator, and a local patient. And during the event, the healthcare practitioner presents the disease information. The moderator will conduct live polls and questions from the audience for the healthcare practitioner to answer. And then the patient will provide insights in their experience with the disease. Well, what's been the effect of the program so far? 
I must say it's been extremely, extremely successful to date. 99% of attendees uh, that we've polled recommend it to an, uh, this event to a family or friend. 99% also will share this information with their family and friends. And this is really just a starting point. There's only, we've, we mentioned 16 virtual events. We have a plan for a lot more in the future and we hope to kind of build on the early successes we've seen so far. Were there challenges you needed to overcome? And if so, what have you done to address them? Yes, we definitely had challenges, but we were focused on converting those challenges into opportunities. Early on, we had difficulties getting organizations to work with us. We started small, and with every event that we completed, we began to build a reputation for being a partner. And slowly over time, organizations began to share their experiences with other organizations through sharing their voices and their experiences. And although we're still working through these challenges, we have seen a shift of willingness to actually work with Pfizer. For the 16 events that Eunice mentioned so far, each event was led by an organization that actually never worked with Pfizer before. Pfizer has some experience working with minority communities around rare diseases. In 2017, it launched an effort with the National Newspaper Publishers Association, a trade association of African-American-owned community newspapers. This was to raise awareness about sickle cell disease. I'm wondering, what have you learned from earlier efforts like this one, and are you applying those learnings in any way? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and as you mentioned, this is something that is uh, very close to us and really important to us. And we try to ensure that we do this across multiple therapeutic areas that we support. So we are actively working with NNPA to help publish either local KOLs or community organization op-eds to increase awareness of hereditary ATTRCM and to really promote the upcoming event in the local markets. We also know the importance of working with local HCPs and local community organizations to really mirror the communities we are trying to reach. So what we've learned from these partnerships is the importance of sustainability, meaning we need to continue our outreach to the organizations and community leaders to really show that we are serious about improving inequities in healthcare and building on the early successes and the learnings to date. Yunus Abdul-Sattar, Vice President, uh, North American Medical Lead at Pfizer Rare Disease, and Sunal Bhatia, Chief Medical Officer of Pfizer Rare Disease. Yunus, Sunal, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.